uh, the staff to, uh, to think of me, to, to come up here and, uh, I guess, kind of give my two cents and my wisdom. Like they said, um, my major, I'm a social studies education major. I'm finishing up my student teaching. And so next Friday is my last day with the smelly, snotty, exciting, energetic middle schoolers that I'm going to miss greatly coming home on Friday after a field trip. And so, like Sammy said a couple weeks ago, that there's a lot of time of reflection coming in on your senior year. And driving to and from work and just kind of wrapping up uh, the senior year, there's a lot, of, a lot of last going on, a lot of last events, last crews, last uh, hanging out with certain friends, last conferences. And so there's a lot of time to think about the last four years. And so a couple weeks ago, Saturday morning, I'm going on campus, I'm going to go buy my cap and gown. The pinnacle of graduation, going on campus, looking nice with your, with your cap and gown. As I'm walking on campus that morning, I decided to give my parents a call. And I call, and my dad answers his phone, and I said, hey, Dad, I need $53. <laughs> on the phone, he's like, no, you don't. And I'm, he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You don't, you don't need, what are you talking about? What? I said, well, hey, I'm going on campus. I'm going to buy my cap and gown. It's $52 and some change. And as on the other line, it got a little quiet. And I hear my mom in the background, because they always talk on speakerphone, saying, did he just say that? Did he say that? And so as they get a little choked up, you can just kind of think about the last four years and how quick that it has gone through. And so after I paid the, the lady for my cap and gown for the $52 and some change, I decided to walk on campus to some of the kind of my favorite spots or spots that have just kind of left their imprint on me over the last four years. So I decided to walk over to Stu West, freshman dorm, second floor. And I'm looking up at it and I'm thinking to myself four years ago when 18-year-old Ryan looked up there pulling out of his, the car with everything in um, that I was bringing with myself, probably a couple boxes of clothes, and I was thinking to myself, just all the opportunities and excitement, the nerves, and I kind of started thinking about some of the hardships, the challenges, trying to meet new friends, being away from home, struggling with some of my classes, having to study harder. And then I started thinking about how those challenges kind of shaped me when I got, in, got into a, a Bible study and figured out with my Bible study leaders like Michael Schusler and Nathan Foss that they taught me what a relationship with Christ was, because before that, I had no clue what that meant. So then I decided I turned left, and I started walking over to Kinghorn, my sophomore dorm. So started thinking about that summer going into my sophomore year that I was just on fire for the Lord. Things were going well. I was excited. I was ready to go. Came back early with the servant team, get ready for welcome week. We had a great overnight for some of you that were at Union Chapel that night, getting ready uh, for the year, and then the next couple days with Welcome Week, we were getting ready for barbecue. And my parents came that day. <coughs> excuse me, came that day, bringing a food time. We make our dorm room look all nice and sharp, and we finished. Uh, we finished making the food time, and I got lunch with my parents. And I remember being in the car when my when my dad told me the the diagnosis of my mom having breast cancer, and the fear and and the anger that went through me the next couple months. Was, was something difficult to go through. And then about a month later, my dad called again and said that my grandfather had gone to heaven. 
And so those two months were very difficult in my life and kind of halted my relationship with God and how, how fast I was running after him kind of slowed down to maybe a little bit of a crawl. But then I started thinking about some of the friendships I made that year, some of how our Bible study was growing, we were getting more guys, uh, just really the friendships I made at some of the conferences, be lifelong friends and some of the best roommates that anybody could ever have. And then I kept walking in a turn of right, heading down New York Avenue back to my apartment, and started thinking about junior year. And I started thinking about some of the trials, some of the just struggles with some of my classes, relationships, temptation. And then I started thinking about February 21st. I started thinking about waking up that Sunday morning being baptized at Oaks Church. And the excitement and the joy that I had. As I kept walking and I crossed over the street and walking down the sidewalk to my dorm, I started thinking about this senior year. And all the events that have happened and all the different challenges, the ups and downs, the the driving, the trying to find a job, because, you know, next week I hit unemployment. So I'm really hoping that uh, hopefully somebody, you know, calls me back soon. And just how, how that has shaped me. And, and I realized that in each year, in each story, there's one thing that has happened in each one of those events. And that's a comeback. I had a comeback. I had a return, a resurgence, a renewal, a redirection. And it all started with my relationship with Christ and how it was rooted in me deep down at the core that that's where I would find that salvation and that's where I would find that return, that I couldn't do it on my own, that I didn't have the ability to do so, that I needed, I needed Christ with me. And I finally understood what it meant that I didn't have a God that was just over off on the sidelines, but I had one right there in the trenches fighting for me. And so moving on with a little bit about me Going into the book of Judges, we're a time where the Israelites are struggling. They're going against God's will against the, and when they're battling against the Philistines. They go against God's will, and so God puts on them for 40 years, they have to be under the Philistines' rule. 40 years is a long time to be ruled by someone else and in that bondage. And so in their own story, they needed a comeback. They needed something to revive them and give them a way out of where they were. And so what God did, he uh, sent an angel of the Lord uh, to send down into a couple that, that were barren that could not uh, produce a child. And when he did that, it's going to be said, told them that he was going to be a Nazarite, devoted to God. So what happens was a man named Samson was born. Samson was given the immense amount of strength. At times, we hear stories about how he, he fought off a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He caught 300 foxes with his bare hands, tied the tails together, threw a torch between it, and had them run through the crop of the Philistines. I don't know about you, but I've never caught a fox before with my bare hands, and it's probably not going to happen very soon. Though it'd be, look really good on a resume. <laughs> and so... <laughs> But Samson, even though he has this immense amount of strength, he has a situation that gets him into some trouble. And that's when he meets a girl named Delilah. And what happens is we've all been in that situation before where we, where we kind of find ourselves where it's not really where we wanted to be. We didn't know we were going to be in that situation until, until it happens, until it hits us. And so Delilah is kind of on the Philistine side, and she tries to figure out 
you know, why, why do you have this immense amount of strength? Why do you have it? How do you have it? How do you lose it? And so she tries to figure out why and try to get rid of his strength so then her team can win. And so she keeps asking him, Samson, how do you, how do you lose your strength? What, what is it that makes you lose your strength? So at first she tells her that if you get seven fresh bowstrings, you tie me up, I'm not gonna, I won't be able to break away. So he does, or so she does when he goes to sleep. That night she comes in, she says, Samson, Philistines are coming, they're coming. He's like, all right, breaks away, runs away, flees away. Now Delilah's like, hold on, wait a minute, come on back, come on back, you mocked me, you lied to me. Come on back, come on back. So she keeps trying to figure out, she asks again. He tells her another time, he tells her, tells her that if you buy new ropes and you tie, if you tie me up, that I'm not going to be able, not going to be able to flee, I'm not going to be able to. So she does, he falls asleep. Once again, she comes in and says, hey, the Philistines are coming. He said, all righty, he's out the door. So that's twice. She says, no, no, Samson, come on. We've been through this twice. Bring it on back. Let's try it again. So he tries it one more time. Says, if you weave seven locks of my hair into the loom, I won't be able to break away. I'll be, I'll be stuck. So he goes to sleep. He does the same thing. Philistines come. He hops up, breaks the loom, out the door. So three times he, mo- he mocks her, and she's like again and again fighting off the temptation that he had in his life, and he kept fighting. But like we all know that any struggle that we have in our life, that it keeps coming back sometimes. We're fighting it on our own. He's trying to fight it on his own, trying to give different answers to her so that she'll you know, maybe forget about it and move on. But it keeps coming back. It keeps lingering. It's like some of the sin in our own lives or other trials and struggles that we have that they just keep coming back and they keep coming back. So finally, she asks and he, and he, and he tells her that if you, if you cut my hair, I will, I'll lose my strength. So that night when he goes to sleep, she cuts his hair. And when they come in, he's unable to fight, fight them off. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't, doesn't have the ability to fight back. So what happens is he, they, they take him prisoner. They... they uh, Put him in chains, they gouge his eyes out, and they take him back to their city. During that time, Samson is at rock bottom. He's lost all his strength, he's blind, beaten, chained, and being humiliated. We've all been in a situation, whether it's once we've sinned and we feel that, that shame and that guilt, I know that I have in my life where at times I just feel like When I leave, I just have a sign on the front of my shirt saying everything that I've done that's wrong. It's frustrating. And he realizes that he doesn't have the power to do it on his own anymore. So when he gets into the city, and he's he's being, they bring him in to be humiliated. And he asks to stand in between two pillars that are holding up the building. And he he cries out to God, asking, asking, do you remember me? I need your strength. I need you. Back in my life, I want you, I want to be in that relationship. We've all had those nights, those late nights where you're up 2 o'clock in the morning worrying, stressing, frustrated, angered, sad, through a variety of different ways. And there's one person that we all call out to that can actually give us that answer, and that is a relationship with Christ as we call out to him. And so as Samson does so, he's, he's given that strength and is able to knock down the pillars and knock down the building to to defeat them one more time. <coughs> Excuse me. And so in all these str- struggles that sometimes we, we have to go through, that there's always a comeback. But there's only one way to get there. 
And that's our relationship with Christ. And understanding through these four years, there's going to be a lot that goes on. There's going to be a lot of times where you, you, don't, you don't really know how to handle the situation. There's going to be new experiences, new challenges, new opportunities. And those are very exciting, but there's also going to be some failures, some shortcomings. What is that? That boyfriend or girlfriend you wanted, that internship that you wanted, or maybe a better grade on that test. And there's sometimes when you, even though you try, you're, you're sometimes you're going to fall down and you're going to fail. And that's okay. Because we have the God of the comeback. Last week, we learned that he sure did come back, didn't we? And so he's always there for us, fighting with us. Like I said before, he's not on the sidelines. He's right there playing with you. He's right there pushing you. He's right there trying to get one more step. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep focusing on him. Focus on him. And so tonight, as I close, I have three, uh, just three kind of points uh, that I think are kind of valuable, I guess, as you have your four years here on campus. So the first one is, is live in the moment. And I say live in the moment, not materialistically, but God has put you here for a reason. He's put you in this room tonight for a reason. And you should, and you should enjoy that. Enjoy why you're here. Enjoy what you have. Be in the moment. Enjoy the relationship you have with the people around you. Enjoy the opportunities you have. Maybe, it's, maybe right now, Things are great. Keep going. Keep seeking after him. Maybe things are a little rough. Enjoy that moment too. Because as you struggle and as you keep growing in the Lord, there's going to be a greater joy at the end as you overcome and reach and, and strive for more. The second one is a quote from my dad that he tells me all the time that when I was younger in high school, I, I just I hated it when he told me, but I knew he was right. And that is to control the controllables. I say control the controllables is you can only control what you have. You can't control, um, you, can, you can't control what grade you get. You can't control what the diagnosis is. You can't control what happens. You can't control the weather. But you can control how hard you study for that test. You control how often you get into your Bible. You can control how you speak to other people. You can control how often you get down and pray. And so by controlling the controllables, you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And uh, number three, and the final one, is trust. And I say trust is because you have to believe in your walk in the Lord. And I know for me, when I first started coming to crew, I really just had this new relationship with God, and it was brand new, and I really didn't know what all it was going to be about. But when that happened, there, there's going to be trials. There's going to be challenges. It's not an easy, easy walk. It's going to be rocky at times. But with trust, you're going to figure out that the life that we live following Christ is far greater than anything we can do on our own. And so hopefully tonight, uh, this talk kind of inspired you a little bit that, that you understand that wherever you are, that you have a comeback, and that comeback is rooted in Christ. So I'd invite up MCs, come back up for our next speaker. Thank you.